Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. These first three weeks in the Red Letter Challenge have been really, really good. They have been for me personally and for my family, along with my kids. And I know that they have been for many of you because you've told me. And that in the, in the, the second official week, but the first principle, that week of being, for some of you, you told me that that week was perfectly timed because your lives have been frantic and, and busy, just running and running. And, and, and in order to take the time to be, it forced you to find your peace and your hope and your center in Jesus. For some of you, last week, the week of forgiving was perfectly timed. You told me because of the, the situations that are going on in your own family units. For some of you, it was perfectly timed, but it was also very difficult because there are some incredibly difficult things that you're, you're struggling to forgive, people you're, you're struggling to forgive. For some of you, it was the catalyst that allowed you to extend the hand of forgiveness to somebody that you have been struggling to forgive. I know this because you've told me. And, and, and God is on the move here through this Red Letter Challenge. I believe it, and I'm just excited to be on this journey with you. If you've just been joining with us today, if you haven't been with us over the last three weeks, what I'm talking about is the Red Letter Challenge. This, this book, a, a simple, practical book, if you don't have one of these, there's a book table uh, right out, a self-serve book table. Uh, as soon as you leave the church today, there are instructions there. We'd love for you to, to, to have a book and uh, get caught up if you, if you aren't. The Red Letter Challenge is a 40-day discipleship journey as we follow after Jesus in this season of Lent, but in our, in our lives as Christian people. And in, in the Red Letter Challenge, we are being introduced to five principles of Jesus' followers, five things Jesus commands us and asks us to do. So let's just refresh our memories for a minute here. These five principles are being, forgiving, serving, giving, and going. So far, we've had a week on being, a week of forgiving. This is the week of serving. And so each day now, beginning today, uh, we will be challenged to serve, to serve. Now, personally, I think this is one of the most fun things to do out of these five. One of the most fun things to do. I don't know if you've ever read or heard of Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages. Have you ever heard of this book? If you're married and you've never read or at least taken the assessment online for The Five Love Languages, I'd encourage you to go home and Google it. It helps you to learn how you uh, naturally show love to somebody and how you naturally receive love. And so in a marriage, it's great uh, to understand those kinds of things so you show and receive love the way God created you to do. These five love languages in Gary Chapman's book are uh, words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, gifts, and acts of service. Uh, for me personally, I'm an acts of service kind of guy. I love to do things for people, whether, it e whether it's even just small and simple things that people don't even notice or, or know that it happened. I don't know. I just kind of get a kick out of doing that for people. Now, not everybody's the same, and that's the whole point. Not every one of you, that's, that's not necessarily your natural thing. But I think in the five principles of the Red Letter Challenge, I would imagine this third week, the one of serving, every one of us naturally kind of go, yeah, yeah, serving, right? Yeah, I get it. I, I get it. Yeah, of course. Uh, I, I, I would love to help. 
What is it that you need, right? I feel like that's kind of our natural response. We are good, at least in theory, offering service to other people. I'm not so sure in practicality how well we always do at that. But we'll talk more about that in just a minute. First, I simply want to ask the question, why is serving one of the five principles of a Jesus follower? And I'd say it's because service is built into the character of Jesus Christ himself. Jesus said it specifically in the gospel lesson today from Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, the very last verse. I'll read it again for you. We'll put it up on the screen. It says this, The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. It is in the very nature of Christ to serve. This is the purpose for which he came into the world, was for Jesus to serve. And who did he come to serve? You. You. God Almighty, when he took on flesh and came into the world to serve, he came to serve you. And what did he come to serve you? A big feast of forgiveness. It's like you're the best at the banquet, and Jesus is the servant, and he comes to you with a giant platter of forgiveness, and he says, here you go. And you go, who, me? Yes, you. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for you so that you could have a feast of forgiveness, a feast of grace that never ends. So if Jesus came into the world for the purpose of serving, what do we do as his followers? We are to do the same. It's that simple. Frankly, this is what Jesus said in the verse prior to this one. This is what he said, the the two verses prior. Whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave. This whole conversation in Matthew chapter 20, here's the context. Uh, The mom of James and John, who James and John were two of Jesus' closest disciples. They got to experience lots of kind of behind-the-scenes things with Jesus along with Peter. But their mom, their mom, their brothers, their mom comes to Jesus and she says to Jesus, when you establish your kingdom here on earth, can my boys be your special helpers? (laughs) Can they have, you know, a special spot, right? You want to talk about a helicopter mom, right? She, she's right, carrying them into their special place, right? And, uh, and, and, and obviously she's got it all wrong. Right? She thinks that Jesus is going to overthrow the government and establish an earthly kingdom here, and, and she wants her sons to serve as his, you know, special helpers. Jesus answers very clearly to the mother of James and John, and he says to them, or he says to her and to everybody who's listening, in my kingdom, it's not the most powerful who are the greatest, but in my kingdom, the greatest are those who humble themselves and serve others. Now, why is this? I'll say it again. It's because this is what Jesus has done for us. We would say it is our Christian identity and purpose to serve one another. 
If Christ came to be servant of all, and if we believe that we are alive in Christ, it means our identity and our purpose is wrapped up in his identity and purpose. So if we're claiming our identity is in Christ, then his character, his purpose is one of service, therefore ours must be also. And when we serve one another, we do what he has done for us. We feed one another with grace. Just as Jesus offers us an incredible feast of grace on a platter, when we serve one another, we feed one another with grace. But since we are not quite Jesus, you know, Jesus has all the grace to give, we're not Jesus, and so I imagine it like this. When we serve one another, maybe we don't have the whole feast to offer, but we can offer little goodies of grace, little grace goodies. I don't know, in my house, when we're giving little treats to the kids or we make something special, we call it a goodie, you know? I don't know, maybe you don't. My kids' ears are probably perking up. They're going, goodie? Goodie? What's it? Who's got the goodie? Mom? You got the um, no, she doesn't, but uh, uh, dad does later. Okay, uh, little, we give them little grace goodies, little grace goodies. We don't have the whole platter to offer, but when we serve one another, we give little goodies of grace to people in order that as they taste that and sample that grace, eventually they might come to that feast of grace which comes only from Jesus Christ. Grace goodies. <laughs> I would say that we are really good in theory saying that we want to serve. Yes, of course, we understand the importance of serving one another. Yes, we want to serve, but oftentimes I would say that we pass up on opportunities that are right in front of us, and we do it all the time. Let me give you a simple practical example. There was a pizza box in the snowbank on Madeline Street, right out, right out here, right outside our church parking lot this last week. I drove by this pizza box for a good two, maybe three days, multiple times. And as I drove by, I thought to myself, Aaron, you should probably stop your car and pick up that pizza box. How hard is that going to be? And then I would say to myself, oh, I'm sure somebody, one of the neighbors will probably grab, somebody else will pick it up. After two, maybe three days of driving by this pizza box, and many people, including many of you sitting in this room, also drove by and probably saw it. It was sticking out like a sore thumb. I finally pulled over my car. I picked up the pizza box, and then I threw it away. Now, I'm not boasting about this. I'm admitting the fact that I drove by this helpless pizza box for multiple days. And if I'm willing to drive by a pizza box in need, how many of my neighbors do I drive by that are in need on a daily basis? How many opportunities do I pass up that God puts in front of me to be servant of all? Now, practically speaking, just a real practical thing, when we're talking about picking up trash this spring, when the snow starts melting, you probably notice lots of trash. Maybe you already do this, but those of you with kids, this is a great service project for you to do. You don't even have to have permission to do this. You could take your kids to the park, walk around the neighborhood with a trash bag, and clean it up. What a great service project and great opportunity to teach your kids to care and to serve others. Now, we say that we want to serve. We understand it's important. And frankly, we even know that there is fulfillment that happens when serving because we are created to serve. Yet the reality is, I believe that Satan does not want us to serve one another. Right? 
If it's our God-given purpose and identity to serve, of course Satan doesn't want us to serve. So what does Satan do? He keeps us preoccupied. He keeps us busy. He keeps us moving. He keeps the blinders on. And we get to the place where we think, oh, I can do that later. I can pick that up later. I can serve later. I'll teach my kids how to serve later when they're not in so many activities. Right now, we'll just let somebody else handle it. I'll do it later when I don't have so much going on. I would say also, partly, we have trouble serving, partly because of the culture in which we live. I would say we are used to being consumers more than we are contributors. Consumers, more often than we are contributors, it's built into the American fabric of our society, right? The customer is always right, right? <laughs> the customer is always right. This is what we say. Have it your way. I mean, you can go down the line, right? And if, if as customers we're not happy with the customer service, We've got five other businesses that we can go to to bring our business to, especially in, the, on, in the, the age of online retail. There's no shortage of places that we can spend our money. We live by offering reviews, positive or negative, of products, and then we judge our purchases based on the reviews of others. And I would say oftentimes this mentality, this consumeristic mentality, affects the way that we view serving other people as well. I don't know if you've heard this, but in all volunteer organizations in our country, there has been a steady decline of volunteerism over the years. There was a 10-year study done between 2005 and 2015, and it was found that volunteerism across all age groups, don't just blame this on the young people, all age groups, volunteerism has declined, has declined. In the year 2015, uh, it was reported that only 25% of high school students volunteered in any sort of capacity. 20, only 25% of high school students volunteered in any sort of capacity. Now, I don't know. Statistics can say lots of different things. I personally, I really, really, really want to believe that serving and volunteering is not a dying art. What I believe and what I've seen and experienced is that many people are just simply non-committal. <laughs> People don't want to commit to a lifetime sentence, uh, particularly in an organization that they don't know. At least this is what I want to believe. These realities, though, these, these consumeristic mentalities, these decline in volunteerism, these things affect the life of the church as well. We are not immune to this. We have a consumer mentality often about the church, Sometimes we might say, yeah, we really like the product. Maybe you, maybe you like the preaching. I don't know. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. Maybe you like the music. Maybe you like the fellowship. But sometimes we treat the church or Christianity like a product of content that we can download into our lives for the betterment of our lives. And again, in the age of online retail, there's no shortage of Christian content that you can download from many and various sources. So what is the role of the church in all of this? It is a place for you to live according to your God-given identity and put those unique gifts that God has given to you into practice by serving 
one another, not just to be a consumer, but to be a contributor. Friends, I want to remind you that this church is a family. The church is a family. This church, this is your church. Those of you who are sitting here, if you are here, this is your church. Members, attenders, if you are here, this is your church. You are part of it. And I believe that if we claim to be a family, then there are responsibilities for every single one of us. Those of you that are raising kids, your kids have responsibilities simply for being part of the family, do they not? It is the same for all of us. We have responsibilities here to contribute, not just to consume. And if you're here, we want you to be part of what is going on. We want you all. We need you all. And we have many places in this church that you can serve. And so today we are introducing something new to the life of our church, and we're calling it the serving tree. I saw some of you perusing this little tree out on the table in the narthex. We are calling this today a serving tree, something practical and tangible to look at. And perhaps you've already noticed if you were flipping through your bulletin. If not, I'm going to draw your attention to this, and maybe I will lose you for the rest of the sermon. That's all right. In the notes and news section of your bulletin, there's a little handout that says serving tree opportunities and descriptions. What we have set up in the, in the narthex here on this table is a serving tree, much like at Christmas time we do the angel tree. There are tags, and on the tag there is, a, there is a description of a serving opportunity. There is a little sheet where you can take the tag and sign up. And each of these that are listed here, um, a number of these serving opportunities have uh, multiple tags associated with them. Uh, after today, we're going to find, figure out probably some more efficient ways of giving you this kind of information. Uh, but I just want to, we want to put it in front of you today that these are very real things that are here and accessible uh, opportunities for you to put your God-given gifts into practice. And if you sign up, we'll be in touch with you soon. All right, I'm going to ask you to set that down if you're, if you're looking at it. <laughs> All right. If you're, if you're thinking about this, if you're thinking about signing up to serve here at our church, I just want to let you know we never ask for lifetime commitments from our volunteers. We don't. If you, if you sign up and you want to serve somewhere or you just want to try it out, there are no lifetime commitments. The only lifetime commitment we ask for here is the lifetime commitment to follow after Jesus. If you try something and it's not a good fit or if you're not liking it, if it's not clicking with your passions or abilities— that's fine. No hard feelings at all. If you're doing something and you say, wow, I would love more of this. Awesome. Those are all perfectly fine and wonderful responses. Again, though, the serving opportunities that we're putting in, in place today that, that you have in front of you, this is not an exclusive list. There are many more things, and we're going to continue uh, to put these things in front of you. But you might also notice and look at the list and say, these all seem like things happening inside these church walls. Do you just serve yourselves here? Don't you have eyes for the community? Yes. <laughs> yes. Actually, when we, just a little spoiler alert, when we get to week Five, uh, the going week, we're going to put things like this uh, similarly in front of you so that we can go and we're going to give you some specific things to do. For right now, we've got some housekeeping things that we need your help with in order to come together. Now, in all of this, in all of this, in all of this serving talk, let me just finalize things in conclusion like this. Why is it that we serve? I've said it and I'll say it again. Why do we serve? We serve because Christ first served us. 
God Almighty came into this world and gave his life up as a ransom to pay for you and for me. So everything that we have, our entire lives and every opportunity, every gift that we have comes from Jesus Christ because he first serves us. And what does he serve us with? He serves us that feast of grace on a daily basis. Grace that knows no end. When you fail and fall, he says, here's forgiveness. Here's more. Do you want more? He serves you. He picks you up. We are loved because he first loved us. We have life because he gave up his life. We are clean because the blood of the lamb was slain for the sins of the world, yours and mine. My friends, we are alive in Christ. And if we claim that, it means our purpose and our identity come from his and he came to serve Therefore, this is why we serve. And again, when we serve, we get to give out those little goodies of grace, little tastes, little glimpse of the grace of God. And over and over again, when we give out those goodies of grace to people, eventually, hopefully, they will come to this feast of grace that comes only from Jesus Christ. This is the week of serving. I pray you open up the daily challenges and read them and actually put the things into practice. I'm excited to see what's going to come from this. There are some cool things, cool opportunities. So this week, if nothing else, don't drive by the pizza box. Instead, give some goodies of grace whenever you get the chance. Go in his name and in his peace and in his joy. Amen. Amen.